You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, we're continuing on our discussion of apologetics running alongside the sermon series we're in right now called Stolen. And today, uh, we're doing something extra special, extra awesome. Uh, we have someone who is not part of our church network uh, sitting in with us today. Actually, this person, this guy's not a pastor even. Whoa, wild. He's not even a pastor, but uh, he's brilliant. He's he's borderline genius, I would say. Uh, he's, he's studying and preparing for law school. Uh, and he is deep into theology and apologetics. And we thought, you know, it would be awesome to bring Justin Seibert onto the podcast to uh, talk with us and have a little conversation about apologetics and the public sphere. Uh, so, Justin, thanks for uh, being here with us today. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So, just for fun, real quick, before we get into our formal mm-hmm. discussion, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little more and tell us about who you are, what you do, that kind of sure. stuff. Um, well, I'm, my name is Justin Seibert. I'm a West Virginia native. I was born in Reynoldsville, uh, well, Clarksburg, West Virginia, and, and raised in Reynoldsville, West Virginia, um, middle of nowhere. But um, <laughs> like most of West Virginia, right? Sure. <laughs> and well, what, what's there to say? Um, I work uh, for a Silicon Valley company. Work remote. I'm a, a network and internet engineer, and um, I also run a consulting firm. And I decided when I was, you know, hey, when I'm, before I'm 30, well, I might as well go to law school. So, um, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> right. Um, so I've been doing very well in the engineering world. I just, uh, it's not what I want to do anymore. So uh, father, father of the three kids and uh, two girls and a boy and, and uh, Rachel is my wife. And I guess that kind of sums it up. I have no really good credentials to give you. <laughs> Aside the fact that he's, you know, an engineer in the, uh, you know, the cyber world, yeah. you're working for a Silicon Valley company mm-hmm. in West Virginia, you know, right. you're doing that remotely, <laughs> and you decided just for fun, you're going to, you know, like, ah, before I'm 30, I need to go to law school. Right, yeah. And, you know, you are also, as we're going to discover, very deep into mm-hmm. the world of theology and apologetics. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like a renaissance man sort of a thing there, you know? I tell you, I think our culture in general is having a, like a mini renaissance, if mm-hmm. you will. Say what you want about it. The, the 2016 election was ugly, but yes. there is an awakening mm-hmm. uh, philosophically, and that always leads to theologically. So, I, I think I'm actually I know that I'm one of many, mm-hmm. and and thankfully I have the internet to to talk to all these guys <laughs> yes. across the nation. So it, it's it's coming. It's yeah. coming hard. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks again for being with us. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Start us off here by just sharing with us your story of um, how you came to the reasonableness of Christianity, because I think Mm. that's something that in particular, not, well, not just today, I think it's always kind of been attacked ever, ever since the days, you know, in Rome when Christians are being accused of cannibalism and stuff like that, you know, (laughs) you're eating flesh and drinking blood, you you cannibals, you weirdos. How did... You come to the reasonableness of Christianity. It's a long story. So this will be the longest explanation I provide here today. So if you're listening, don't give up. (laughs) I'm not that long-winded. But, you know, I was an atheist Mm -hmm. for a long time. So I was raised in Christianity like most people in, you know, nominal America. And, well, you know, Christianity was portrayed to me as, you know, either you believe or you don't. And that's it. No Mm -hmm. one really taught me why did I believe what I believe. Yeah. And why, why do you want me to believe that? It was kind of an approach of just assume that it's right, right? Yeah. So you're raised in a Pentecostal-esque environment. 
uh, growing up. And by the time I was 12, I was an atheist. Wow. <laughs> that is, that's a young age yeah. to be like determined that kind of worldview. Fun- functional atheist, not dogmatic yeah. at that point. Right. But I just, I assumed that Christianity was probably mostly wrong just because I thought it was ridiculous. Like, yeah. Wow, you guys are completely irrational. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah. when I was 19, I was in Afghanistan. I was in the Marine Corps for five years, and uh, I was in, I was an infantryman. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that uh, by trade, I uh, how do you say that politely? Uh, I killed people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was a war. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't a hitman by no means. My, I, I, <laughs> He's not just assassinating right, people for right, fun. Right. This is part of the Marine Corps. It was it know? was war. It, it is what it is. But. Somewhere along the way, and by this point, 19, you know, dogmatic atheist, I got really mad. And uh, I was like, this is wrong. All mm-hmm. of this happening, all these people dying, this is not right. Yeah. I do, this is not justice. And, you know, within the atheistic worldview, there are some issues when you say that statement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, at this point, I was an atheist that was, one, I knew God did not exist, and two, I was very angry at him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I appealed to an ultimate sense of morality, a natural moral law, if you will. Yep. Long story short, you know, it's called the moral argument for God, for those who want to Google this later. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, well, there's a moral law. There, there must be a, a moral lawgiver right. who's a judge and who is the epitome and essence of justice. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what brought me to like deity. Right, right. Yeah. far cry from Christianity. Yeah, but so you're not believing in Jesus as God yet. No. You're not taking those claims seriously. But you right. realize there's a, a God, has someone who be. creates yeah. these laws. There has you, to be, yeah. yeah. There's no other feasible explanation. <laughs> so, uh, you know, essentially at that point, I wanted to find out which religion is true. Because like, just like I said, I, I just found out through basic logic. This is like not non-contradiction, <laughs> causal yeah. thinking, right? <laughs> right. Um, well, there's God. And there are, there are moral <laughs> absolutes, which means there are absolutes. There's objectivity. It's yep. not all subjective. So there one, one religion has got to be right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't believe in the, I didn't believe in the whole, you know, watchmaker type scenario where God, you know, spun the clock and walked away. That's, mm-hmm. that's very illogical. So um, I started investigating. Yeah. When I looked at Christianity, I'd, fi- I'd found that it survived under all real situations that should have failed. Yeah. You know, if you <laughs> yeah. you look back and you look at the basic history of Christianity, which is unfortunately not known very well. No, right. Christianity should have failed. And that's kind of what brought me to Christianity. I was like, okay, well now I'm gonna go I'm gonna look into it now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out the theological truths. Let me see if it contradicts itself. You know, I, at this point I was pretty involved in political theory and and philosophy and, and I knew how to at least semi objectively evaluate a system. Right. And that's what I do for a living and did for <laughs> yeah. a living at that point. So let me see if this system has any flaws in logic. To be honest with you, man, it, it didn't. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> when it came down when it came down to it, that's what I found out was, you know, I I, I worked through men that were, were much better than me. You know, theologians such as James White, R. C. Sproul, Douglas Wilson, uh, Jeff Durbin, Matt Chandler. Right. Uh, you know, these guys were big on theology, mm-hmm. and they were also big on apologetics and defense right. of the faith. Mm-hmm. And that's what apologetics is for anyone who doesn't know, is yeah. defense of the faith. So it came down to looking at history, looking at the, the consistency. Consistency leads accuracy, right? Yeah. It was true. And I was delightfully and fearfully surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that has a way of kind of shattering yeah. your... Uh... Uh, yeah, no, literally just... <laughs> crushing me yeah one be, i was delighted because i'm like whoa i can know things it's <laughs> yeah, not just subjective <laughs> two uh-oh there's a god <laughs> and i know more about him and there are serious implications of christianity 
I might get smited yeah. or smote, <laughs> however you say that. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how I came to the reasonableness. I, I had been taught by mm-hmm. the world and by the very many atheist forums that I um, mm-hmm. that I'd frequented. Reddit, yeah. of course. <laughs> yes, Reddit, a yeah. true classic forum of yeah. intellectual honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been conditioned to believe all these false assumptions about Christianity and how it was false. And I, yeah. I stacked all those false assumptions into one great big assumption sandwich. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> this is truth. Um, uh, yeah. and, and it's just really the, a lot of the, the falsehoods, you know, Christianity is false because of this. They're mostly just ridiculous. Right. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I believe them. Yeah. I still smack myself in the head. I'm like, man, you're stupid. You're stupid, <laughs> Justin. You got duped. You got got, son. <laughs> so that's the longest one, I, ho- I-, I hope. Um, but that's that's how I found out the reasonableness of uh, Christianity. Right. And, and you brought up something that I thought was interesting, and it still makes my heart sad that it's still so true even today that and I, maybe even especially today, uh, more so than in other points in human history, that there is, I think, a sect of Christianity mm-hmm. that looks at logic, reason, rational and rational thinking, and they, they look at that and they say, well, no, that's not the way it works, brother. You know, it's got to be like brain dumped into your head by the Holy Spirit, you know, like the Holy Spirit dump truck's coming in here and he's yeah. going to, you know, and there's no, like it removes all right rationality and logic and that's such a shame because that's not we that's just not our history man. right in fact that's not even biblical Mm-mm. i mean you even think about what we talked about this past weekend you have paul in second timothy 2 7 saying think over yeah. what i say to you for the lord will give you understanding and everything right so it's not an either or thing it's yeah. it's, a, it's both and it's a synthesis right yeah. the holy spirit it, it imparts an understanding and it, and it gives us the ability to have faith don't get me wrong i agree right there. yes but very specifically we're required we are we are agents sorry about that we are agents in this connection so to speak right. this, this relationship you know we can't just forego everything right um, and then say it's all faith and what that's called for anyone listening it's called fideism and it's the separation of reason and faith yeah i 100 disagree yeah. just by scripture alone right uh, obviously by logic i disagree yeah. you believe in something because you have reasons too right. there were firsthand accounts in scripture not saying well just believe me no no yeah. i saw it I was right. there, mm-hmm. and these are from the apostles, boys. Like, yeah. Come on, <laughs> this is not, yeah, yeah. yeah. You say. believe? I believe I will not fall off this earth because of gravity for a really good reason. Right. I also believe the sky is blue for super good reasons. Yes, I, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that He rose from the dead, died on the cross for our sins, and was God incarnate for super good reasons. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. something we need to hold on to. We cannot lose it. It is right. done so much damage to our culture and the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of leads me into the next question. And you kind of hinted at it a little bit in um, your story there, but I'd like to draw it out a little more. You're not a pastor and you're doing a lot of things, you know, it's like you're almost doing everything but being a pastor at this point. So maybe that's your next life goal, you know, before you're 50, (laughs) go to seminary and, you know, become a pastor, a ruling elder Mm -hmm. at a church. So what has led you as someone who's not a pastor, who's someone mm-hmm. who's involved, you know, in these, you were marine, tech companies, you're going to get ready to go to law school. Mm-hmm. What has led you into such a love and care for theology in general and apologetics in particular? Right. Well, now that you have my rather long, um, I tried to keep it short, really good story <laughs> out of the good. way. It's all good. It's all good. You know, I, I essentially mimicked those 
that I studied under, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the men that I mentioned before had an astounding understanding of God and theology, and, uh, you know, I lived vicariously through them. Right. They had dedicated life to theology. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I don't have to do that because they sell books and audiobooks and, and lectures, right. and we have YouTube people. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I learned how to, like, plumb a, a sink through YouTube. You can, if I can, you can do that, you can learn a little bit of theology. Um, yeah. So, you know, essentially... I think the spirit gives us a love for truth. Yeah. Right. That's, that's part of Christianity. That's part Mm -hmm. of the conversion process and the regeneration process. And we go down the rabbit hole and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I wanted to know more about God because my entire life I knew the basics. Right. And it didn't do anything Mm -hmm. because it's not profound. Yeah. Again, again, let me, let me, let me qualify what I mean there. It's not profound that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. You know, what's really profound. Why? Yeah. It's profound. How? Who? Who is Jesus? Yeah. That's profound. Mm-hmm. The mereness of Christianity is super profound. Yeah. And the, you know, the stuff that no one disagrees on within Christianity is super profound. And that's what I wanted to know more about. And I, I, th- I, don't, I think I just got out of the mereness. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been going out like for my conversion, my like legit conversion was probably late 2015. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting through the mirrorness. Three years now. I'm not a seminarian. I'm not a theologian, so I haven't had been able to devote my time. But I mean, I read a book a month. Yeah, and it just it takes a long time to get. I think we sell ourselves short as Christians when we don't study justification, sanctification. Right. What? What? Why did he die? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why did we need to be right with God? Yeah, like that simple theological questions that generally no Christian disagrees on. Right. Right. So I guess I would say that's what led me to theology was mm-hmm. I wanted to know more. Yeah. I guess I've always been analytical as a person. Right. Um, so I wanted to know the entire system, top to bottom. Yeah. And that's what truth is. Mm-hmm. It's top to bottom. It all comes to a point. So I went after it. Now, specifically apologetics, mm-hmm. which is probably what you want to hear about. Apologetics is not evangelism. Right. It's defense of faith. And sometimes you just get someone to shut up. You get the atheists <laughs> to stop talking because they realize how wrong they are. And that you're not going to convert that guy uh, yeah. nine times out of ten. They're, they're going to walk away like, ow, someone just picked up Christianity smacked me like a bat. You know, with a, <laughs> like, like the bike with a bat, rather. Um, and Christianity mm-hmm. is, that, is that, you know, concrete, is that real. It isn't just some um, subjective ideal in our brains. It is that real. Right. You can pick it up like a baseball bat and smack someone with it lovingly. Um, (laughs) I use the laws of reason to remind you that I love you. (laughs) Here's why you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that second part, here's why you're wrong, is apologetics, um, is defense. You know, you, if you're involved in any way of living your faith out as a Christian, you're going to run into people who think you're wrong. Right. Because Christianity has some serious claims it makes. It does. Exclusivity. I mean, it's, it's insulting. It makes people angry. How dare you? Tell no. me that you're the only way to God. Sorry, champ. I didn't say it. <laughs> People have been saying it for thousands of right, years. Yeah, right. So um, you're going to necessarily run into the point where you have to defend. And if someone had done that to me when I was growing up, if someone had sat me down and I said, well, I don't think God's real when I was like 13 mm-hmm. and crushed me, yeah, which was really a part of my conversion process. You know, I essentially debated someone. He's now my best friend. I go to church with him every Sunday. Um, on Christianity, and I lost yeah. mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Um, he gave he gave me a beer uh, and a cigar, and he said, "Just just relax. Just 
take it all in. Yeah. <laughs> just existen- existential doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, everything about my world is falling off its axis. Everything I knew was a lie. I, know, I remember going home crying that night because it wasn't emotional at all. It was, well, it was emotional. It wasn't, wasn't like, oh, God, God has saved me. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my pride, everything about right. me has been destroyed. Right. I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> But apologetics is just necessary. We are called in Scripture, First uh, Peter three fifteen, right. to defend the faith. Yeah. Give good reason for why you believe. Yeah. And when you bring Christianity into every sector of your life, yeah, you're going to have to defend it. Yeah. So I think I think that's what brought me to apologetics, and mm-hmm. and uh, you probably firsthand witnessed me argue with atheists mm-hmm. on on social media, especially. No. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> it's you know it's not about necessarily an intellectual. Um, Oh, no, I think I have a quote here I want to read to you guys. Yeah, R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul, quoting the first epistle of Peter, writes, The defense of faith is not a luxury or intellectual vanity. It is a task appointed by God that you should be able to give a reason for the hope that is in you as you bear witness before the world. It's a commandment. Mm-hmm. Take it yeah. as such. Yeah. God's, yeah. he's serious. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think part of the struggle, I think, for most, oh, how do you phrase this without uh, nominal Christians? Yeah. I mean, like, or, you know, and, you know, religiously lost. Because <laughs> yeah. um, that's actually not who I have in mind. But most, most nominal Christians, mm-hmm. they, I think, have a hard time connecting the dots between here are these abstract, we think are abstract ideas that like, how does that relate to my life? How does that relate to life right now? How does that relate to, you know, my atheist friend, friend's Mm. life? Um, And, you know, I I did think it was very interesting. You brought up, you know, nine times out of 10, they're not probably going to be converted in those arguments unless they're, they're reasonable like you and they're going to be, you know, they're actually going to uh, look at the, the logic there. But so, I guess, you know, if you're thinking through this, how, what would you say to someone who came to you and they're listening to this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, they see you on, you know, they see down the street or, you know, you're on Facebook and they're like, you know, Justin, right. I, I like what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time seeing how that relates yeah, to my real matter? life right now. You know, what, what might you say to them? Well, I would tell them they're wrong. <laughs> to start with. Um, um, but let me qualify. Uh, you know, theology and apologetics require work, and yes, they are abstract to a degree. Um, we think they are. At right, least, right, right. But they apply. Yeah. Uh, if Christianity is true, right? Right. There are certain implications. We as Christians don't simply believe and stop there. We apply the truth into our daily life. That's the right. call of Christianity. That's what Scripture calls us to do. Um, right. You know, Philippians 4, 9, whatever you have learned and received or heard from me or seen in me, do. Right. Or um, James 1, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Yeah. It's super easy to sit in church every Sunday and read your Bible once a week and be done. Yeah. But I think you'll find if you take the word seriously and you take Jesus Christ seriously, God seriously, Christianity applies to every sector of your life. Right. It applies to your work. The shoemaker does not need to make shoes with crosses on them. Right. He just needs to make good shoes. Right. And yes. do it well and fairly and, you know, be honest in your work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, a very easy example. But, you know, don't, don't sit around idly once you believe. You know, go out there and make disciples. And that's, that's what Jesus told us to do. Yeah. Jesus himself. So if you're a Christian listening here today, the Christ. Like. Your Savior yeah, and Lord. Your Savior <laughs> and Lord. 
which means you listen to him, said, go into the world, tell them they're all wrong, and make disciples. <laughs> now, there's obviously a, a point there that you do it respectfully and, and, and kindly and with tact. There, that's a whole other conversation we could have. But do it. Yeah. Um, you're going to fail at first. You're going to do it wrong at first. If the prerequisite of you doing something is that you do it completely right, you'll never get anything done. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, you're a Christian. Put the lamp out. Yeah. Put it on the stand. People are going to see that light. And I assure you, the unbeliever who hates truth is going to look at that and be like, well, you're wrong. I don't like you. Yeah. That's where apologetics comes in. It applies to your everyday life. Yeah. If God is the creator of the universe... If he is, and you know, obviously I know he is, yeah. and I, I could sit down with you if you want me to, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are serious implications. Yeah, in every aspect of your life, the fact that you can breathe—that's Christ, that's Christianity. It applies yeah. to everything. Mm-hmm. I, there's no disconnect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something that I do think is interesting on all this is that I think sometimes folks, well-meaning folks. Well, meaning Christians get intimidated, I think, a little bit by some of the language that gets used. So, like, as an example, okay, I was reading something that Paul Tillich wrote Mm. recently, okay? And he said, God is neither personal nor impersonal. He is the ground of personality. And if you're just reading that, you think, whoa, that sounds profound, right? But... When you read it closer, you realize he's talking in terms that are, you know, they have big words and meanings to them. Mm-hmm. But if you actually, like, looked at that and just thought about it a little longer, you realize that it actually doesn't make a lot of sense because what he's trying to say is that the ground of personality, right, is inherently, he's not personal. Yeah. Like, and I mean, just like, so all that was to say that, like, sometimes I think we use big words that you right. have to use sometimes. Sure, like, sure. you have to, in philosophical apologetic discussion, eventually you're going to have to bring up the law of non-contradiction. Yep. You have to talk in those terms. Mm-hmm. But if you, like you said, I mean, YouTube's a great tool. Oh, yeah. Um, books, this is the stuff that we think is super heady and complicated. Mm-hmm. If you find the right teacher... They'll bring it down to terms that say, yes, you're going to have to use the law of non-contradiction and you're going to have to use that term. Mm-hmm. But here's what that means. Yeah, it's not uh, a big deal. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, like I'm a, I'm a father or I'm going to be a father and I'm a son at the same time, but not in the same sense. Like I can't mm. be the father of my father. Okay, that's the, that's the law of non-contradiction. You nailed it. A, Boom. Is, a is not non-A. Right. Yeah. In a. the same time, the same sense, right? Right. Now that sounds complicated, but... Super chill. Yeah, so... I rambled there a little, but I think all that was to say is that some of these terms I think that we use are actually not as intimidating as yeah. No, I want to think. I think you're right. I mean, well-meaning Christians are intimidated by theology. They're intimidated by um, philosophy and, and apologetics. And I think a, a good place to start for a lot of these guys, you know, if you are, guys and gals, if you are intimidating, intimidated, go to your pastor. Yeah. Because he's probably not, shouldn't be. Go to your <laughs> pastor and talk to him and be like, I, where do I start? Yeah. Give me a book that like isn't going to kill me when I read it. <laughs> and you know, I can do a chapter a night. Something real low key. Mm-hmm. Um that's what I would recommend for yeah. stuff like that. It would be my greatest pleasure in the world if you stopped by the church and asked sure. something like that. We love that. We love that. Yeah. Um so yeah, so it does relate to your everyday life. Easy. But yeah. For sure. If you're living out the Christian truth in your work, family, amongst your friends, that's going to get noticed and 
you're going to need to be able to provide, as you quoted First Peter, you know, a reason for the hope right. that yeah. is within you. Absolutely. Hey, friends, the conversation is not over. We just had so much great information, and our conversation with Justin was so awesome that we didn't want to cut it off, and we didn't want to cut it short. So we're extending this into a second episode that we'll release next week. So again, as always, if you have questions, comments, you want to give us some feedback, send it to podcast at horizonschurch.net, and we will be back with you next week to resume this conversation with our friend Justin. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.